I was told once upon a time that if I have faith, all I need to do is pray for something one time and then just wait for the answer. Is that what the Bible teaches us? We're going to find out today on Storming the Gates as we continue our series for such a time as this. Hello everyone, I am so happy to have you with us here today on Storming the Gates, a podcast that is about and for the power of prayer. And we are currently in our series for such a time as this, chapter 8 in the book of Esther, if you'd like to turn there now. Well, there has been a whirlwind of activity in the capital of Sushan, in the book of Esther, chapter 7. Esther was first chosen as the new queen. The wicked Haman, who has ordered a decree to kill all the Jews, has been executed on the very gallows he intended to kill Esther's guardian, Mordecai. And Mordecai has been raised to power, second only to the king. Well, let's review chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It says, On that day did the king Ahasuerus Give the house of Haman, the Jew's enemy, unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Wow. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. When Joseph is raised up to second in the kingdom much the same as we just saw Mordecai be raised up in these verses, the chorus busts out a song. This would be a happy ending. What a place to stop the show. Joseph, after all, has gone about as far as he can go. That song would be appropriate to sing over Esther and Mordecai right here. They just have the perfect fairy tale ending. Little orphan girl becomes queen. Her beloved cousin is delivered from death and given high honor and power over the vast land of the Medes and Persians. But just like with Joseph, they were not raised up through the hand of God just to enjoy lovely draperies and scrumptious delicacies while being fanned by slaves. Mordecai and Esther are there to deliver the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation is still faced with the irrevocable order of their destruction, which is why I really love, love, love these next verses. Let's move on. Verse 3. And Esther spake yet again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite and his device that he had devised against the Jews. Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king. So Esther again risked her life by going before the king. Now, I do suspect she felt a little better about her chances this time around. I mean, after all, the king is satisfied with all he had done for Esther and Mordecai. But there was more, much more to be done. This is a great reminder to us that sometimes a prayer is only partly answered. We must continue and continue until the work is done. Like I uh, mentioned at the beginning, you may have heard it said, you only need to ask once then trust God with the answer. And while that is one of those noble sayings, it's not really what the Bible teaches about prayer. 
I want to take a look at a couple stories that we see in the New Testament. First of all, in Luke 11, verses 5 through 9, this is a story that Jesus told. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And the word importunity can also be translated shameless audacity or shameless persistence. In other words, this man let nothing stand in his way of knocking and knocking and knocking. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Which meant, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Do you know faith is not proved by how well you sit still and wait? Scripture after scripture shows an active determination to be the result of true faith. When we keep knocking, when we say to God, I will not let you go. People that pursued God with shameless audacity were the ones that were commended for their faith. Look at the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew chapter 15. She begged Jesus to heal her daughter. Jesus appeared to snub her not once, not twice, but three times. After continuing to relentlessly pursue the master for her daughter's healing, Jesus at last turns, and I think he was smiling so broadly because he knew, he knew her and he knew what he was doing and the lesson he wanted to teach. And he said, O woman, great is thy faith be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And then consider blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. I believe that begins around verse 46. He's calling out for Jesus to have mercy on him. And all the people around him are like, hush, hush, be quiet. The people are annoyed by him yelling and calling out for Jesus. But the Bible tells us the more they shushed him, The latter yelled, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And lo and behold, Jesus hears him and Jesus heals him, telling Bartimaeus, your faith has healed you. I could really go on about this subject. There are a few more great examples in the Bible. I'll put some references in the notes for you to do your own further studies. The point is, the people commended for their great faith were audacious and bold. They kept after God. They were not silent. And our heroine, Esther, is not done knocking. She returned, and this time she bears her heart to the king. She said, If it please the king, and if I have favor in his sight, and the things seem right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, 
Let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? You know what? What is it that brings you before the king? What would make us come back over and over Well, it's the threat of harm on the ones we love. It's the sense that we cannot go on unless God comes through. And those are the times we see him lift the golden scepter and respond in amazing ways to deliver, heal, and speak to us. I can guarantee you, when you pray like this, God will answer. I have always said, my daddy can't stand to see me cry. An example of that is once when I was deeply disappointed with a musician who was unable to come to our city for a small concert. We had planned it for the local teens, and I had put my heart and soul into it. I learned the musician would not be coming at a local meeting, and I just went outside and began to sob and sob. A friend came outside, and he tried to soothe me, but nothing could placate my broken heart. You see, it had been a difficult year. My husband and I were all alone planting a church in the northern woods, and we were finally able to reach a number of youth, and we expected this concert to be the breakthrough. The musician was very cool, very funny, entertaining, and presented the gospel in a way only a stone could resist. But it turns out there was a mix-up on the times, and he couldn't attend. (sighs) When my friend continued to try to just help me and calm me down because he saw how distressed I was, I, I said, I know one thing. God will speak to me because my daddy can't stand to see me cry. When I went home that night, I ushered my kids to bed and I prepared. I was going to spend a night on my knees weeping before the Lord until he answered. But no sooner had I knelt when my God spoke to my heart quite clearly. He said, I don't want a visitor to share my word. I put you here for them. The musician will be gone the next day, but you will remain. You must convert them. Now, I know I don't have power to convert a soul, and I would never have said that phrase to myself. But I understood then God's point. My husband and I were there to live among the people. A visitor could never be there and love them as we did. So our love for our people caused us to continue and to pray and to reach out to a small city in the big woods where, in time, we would see a number of souls saved. It is that type of love that makes us come back again and again to the king. It's that type of love that causes us to weep. It's that kind of love that stirs the heart of God to answer. In fact, let's look at how Esther was answered by King Ahasuerus in our next verses. So King Ahasuerus said to Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Haman's estate to Esther, and he was hanged on the gallows because he attacked the Jews. Now you may write in the king's name as you please regarding the Jews, 
and seal it with the royal signet ring. For a decree that is written in the name of the king and sealed with the royal signet ring cannot be revoked. At once, the royal scribes were summoned, and on the 23rd day of the third month, they recorded all of Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and princes of the 127 provinces from India to Kush, writing to each province in its own script, to every people in their own language, and to the Jews in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the royal signet ring. He sent the documents by mounted couriers riding on swift horses bred from the royal mares. By these letters, the king permitted the Jews in each and every city the right to assemble and defend themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the forces of any people or province hostile to them, including women and children, and to plunder their possessions. The single day appointed throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus was the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued in every province and published to all the people, so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers rode out in haste on their royal horses, pressed on by the command of the king, and the edict was also issued in the citadel of Susa. Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal garments of blue and white, with a large gold crown and a purple robe of fine linen, and the city of Susha shouted and rejoiced. For the Jews, it was a time of light and gladness, of joy and honor. In every province and every city, wherever the king's edict and decree reached, there was joy and gladness among the Jews, with feasting and celebrating and many of the people of the land themselves became Jews because the fear of the Jews had fallen upon them. So I'm telling you, when you run to your father with tears in your eyes, it's like his heart is just turned within with deep compassion. You will have an answer. And when you do not give up, but continue to implore the king on behalf of those you love, he will see your great faith and he will respond. Esther went back. Sure, you might be discouraged at this moment. Sure, it might look impossible. It might look hard. It might be scary. But go back. And then go back again. God will reward your great faith. Father, I pray for those right now who are feeling discouraged, who are feeling down, who are afraid to knock again. Lord, I pray that you would give them that courage to keep on knocking, to keep on asking, and keep on seeking you, because you will respond. I pray, Lord God, for those who are brokenhearted, who are coming to you with tears in their eyes, for someone they love, for something they love, for a person or even a people that they love. Father, I ask that they will give you those tears and that you will collect them and that you will pour them out in the form of a marvelous answer. Alrighty, if you'd like to connect with me, I'm going to put my email in the show notes, as well as going to StormingTheGat1 on Twitter, or you can find me on a page called Faith and Fasting on Facebook. God bless you, and until next time, may the Lord see your tears and reward your heart.